This is Books and Nachos, a podcast for those of us who find excitement in the pages of a good book. Fiction and nonfiction, graphic novels, and more. We're here to help you find something great to read. Welcome back to Books and Nachos. This is Brock, and today I'm going to review two more short stories from Ian Fleming's James Bond short story collection titled For Your Eyes Only. Stuart and I are reading and reviewing all of the original Ian Fleming James Bond books as a companion series to our 25-episode now-playing James Bond movie retrospective series, which you can hear over at nowplayingpodcast.com. In my research for this series, I learned that the stories in For Your Eyes Only were actually leftovers from a proposed James Bond television series. Fleming was hired to write some scripts for a Bond TV show, and after those plans fell through, he took the outlines he developed for those episodes and repurposed them here to create four of the five short stories in this collection. Today, we're talking about two of those recycled stories, Risico and From a View to a Kill. Let's start off with Risico. What I loved about Risico was it felt like a real James Bond adventure. One of the better movies. <laughs> it has new and interesting characters, an intriguing plot, an actual mission Bond goes on by M, unlike the first two stories I read in this collection. It has espionage, gunplay, action, and plot twists. And with smart, economical writing, as Fleming is using the reader's expectations to his advantage in telling this story full of misdirection. All in all, a satisfying mini James Bond adventure. Bond is sent by M, who was lending 007 out at the request of the Prime Minister, to get to the bottom of a heroin smuggling ring. The original plan calls for Bond to meet his contact, Christatos, and pay him up to £100,000 to get the trafficking to stop. Yet M tells 007 to do what he must to stop the trafficking. Once they meet, Christatos tells Bond the man he is after is named Columbo. As Christatos and Bond spy on Columbo at his restaurant, Columbo and his girl Liesel stage an argument, and Bond willingly walks into the trap so he can investigate Columbo further, perhaps even find a way to stop the drug ring permanently. After his night with Liesel, he is brought to Columbo, where we learn that Christatos is playing both ends to the middle and was trying to use Bond to do his dirty work by having him eliminate Columbo. Following his instinct, Bond agrees to assist Columbo and his men on a raid of Christatos' ship and drug warehouse, and a big battle concludes with Bond shooting Christatos as he tries to escape, thus accomplishing his mission. Even though I am familiar with the general plot and character names from their use in the film adaptation of For Your Eyes Only, my enjoyment of Ristico wasn't hindered or actually heightened by comparisons to the film. I recognized the similarities and just immersed myself into this version of the story, this self-contained, well-rounded, and entertaining story. The book opens with Bond meeting Christados at the bar, and this opening scene works completely to bring you into the action, gives you a strong sense of what is to come. We are introduced to Christados as an equal to Bond, an ally who is no stranger to how the world works and what the real deal is, and that helps you get right into the action. The opening scene is actually broken up after a couple of pages into a flashback scene of Bond getting his mission from M, and we find out why he is in this bar in Italy in the first place. The flashback as a storytelling tactic, as we all know, can be quite effective if used properly, and if not, can be eye-roll-inducing. But here, it is a pace-saver. As I see it, Fleming covers what would be pages of lackluster exposition in getting Bond to Italy by opening with him getting to the bar to meet Christados. 
and then flashing back before the action and plot of the story start in earnest. I think Fleming uses the flashback approach here to great effect. The best writing in the book, and arguably the best part of this story, is right after the flashback sequence. Columbo's men place a recording device in the seat of a chair, and we read how his men move the chair around the dining room expertly and inconspicuously, replacing the empty chair at Bond and Christados' table to record their conversation, and then how they extract the chair, unassumingly, so that Columbo can then hear the recording. No matter how I try, I will not do justice conveying to you how deftly Fleming describes all of this business with the chair. It reads beautifully, and it feels like an espionage thriller, a real spy story. The tape recorder in the chair must have been novel back in 1960, and today we're just used to that sort of thing in movies and whatnot, but here it's quite fun to read how it's all done. In the film version of Fear Eyes Only, they do this bit with a candle at the table instead of a chair, nowhere near as extravagantly done, but for the story purposes of the movie, gets the same result. At this point in the short story, we are led to believe Columbo is the man Bond is after, and that misdirection plays well because of the combination of the character's actions with the tape recorder and the upcoming staged fight. Columbo is showing us real competence. We don't blatantly read Liesel and Columbo conspiring to have their showy fight, but we read how they know what to do in the situation and execute the plan. I love that both Columbo and Christados are intelligent and have a game plan, and Fleming also writes these two guys as incredibly likable. Strong move having these two characters come across this way. Fleming is not talking down to the audience. Touches like this make the writing in Risico leaps and bounds above other Fleming stories I have read so far. With all the dialogue in this book, Fleming keeps the story moving at a quick pace, expertly weaving the story along. None of the scenes seem out of place or extraneous, as the story has an intelligible flow. One scene naturally leads into the next fluidly and without wasting time, and we get some fine action along with the dialogue and the espionage. In addition to the warehouse raid at the end, the chase to capture Bond after his date with Liesel is well staged, as Columbo's men attempt to flank Bond, leading up to Bond facing the business end of a CO2 spear gun, before he's knocked out. But not to discount Bond in the story, we do have some fine moments for him as well, as I finally get to see him in spy mode, figuring out the trap being set for him, taking risks to meet with the woman, and figuring out just who to trust. And we see him finally in real Bond-like action, Bond-like behavior, most impressively in the shootout climax at the warehouse as Bond hunts down Christados with intent to kill. And by having Bond not suspecting he was being recorded at the bar adds a layer to his character as well, that for all of the words telling us he is a top-notch spy, he isn't always one step ahead, showing us that even James Bond doesn't have all the answers right away and can be seen as flawed. Much like Milton Crest in the Hildebrand rarity, I enjoyed reading the characters of Christados and Columbo more than I enjoyed reading Bond here. Bond is certainly the cog that makes the story go, but these two are the more interesting people. Part of their appeal is, of course, is that they're likable criminals. I hesitate to use the word anti-hero, especially about Christados, but for Columbo it can apply. What I think makes them both so great for this story is that they're playing in the same league as Bond and think they are three steps ahead, and Columbo proves that he is. Even though Bond knows he is walking into a trap with Liesel and thinks he is prepared, he gets hoodwinked anyway. Because we have equals to Bond, this story adds an element of surprise. Knowing the movie as I do, of course, I knew the twists, but I was able to very much enjoy how Fleming puts it across with his dialogue and descriptions of the action. The Columbo is as fleshed out a character as I have ever seen in these three Bond stories I've read so far. 
and Risico is by far the strongest story of the three. I read real passion in the way the story is structured and executed. I felt Fleming crafted this story and sold it well by knowing when to have the action, character, and espionage beats occur in the story. And the momentum kept building as we went into the action-packed finale. I feel like I'm overselling Risico at this point. Risico is a solid read, and best of all, finally I get my first taste of Fleming's Bond in action and a story worthy of being called a James Bond story. Unlike Risico, which seems not to waste a page, From a View to a Kill is an uneven, meandering story. James Bond is primarily in what I call detective mode, looking to find the murderer of a shape intelligence officer and the theft of that man's confidential documents. The book opens with a perfectly executed murder of the shape intelligence officer. Shape stands for Supreme Headquarters Allied Powers Europe. This intelligence officer is on a motorcycle carrying the top secret information to allies down the road. And the scene is wonderfully described and grabs you in. Our man with the satchel is followed by another man on a motorcycle. And as he sees him getting closer and closer, he wonders if he knows who this guy is. There's a nice bit of suspense going on as this naive agent wonders, who is this guy coming towards me? He's wearing the same uniform as I. I wonder if I know him. And then suddenly, the man on the second motorcycle kills the first one. The attention to detail in this scene is terrific, from the description of the forest down to how the killer steals the satchel, takes his watch, and covers up the motorcycle tracks when ditching the bike and body so as to keep the authorities confused for days. This opening scene is reminiscent of a pre-credit sequence in Bond movies, where we witness the crime that is the reason for Bond's adventure. But when we get to Bond, the story surprisingly hits extended lull before a strong climax. When we catch up with Bond, once again he is between assignments, as he is sitting in a Paris cafe on the prowl for a woman for the evening. And we read some pages of the Paris he knows, that he sticks to the same place each time he visits, and the long list of name-dropping of hotels and many of the restaurants he has frequented. One notable reminiscence, and a quick one-sentence throwaway, is Bond's recollection of his first night in Paris at age 16 when he lost his virginity. I would have much rather have read more about that story than reading about how Bond laments that Paris hasn't been the same since 1945 and that the heart of Paris is gone, and then he goes on to explain why. While Bond may certainly know all the best places in many European cities, when he went on about the restaurants and his opinion of Paris, it reeked of the author and not Bond saying this. It's no secret that there's autobiographical information in these books, but here it reads transparently. Whether or not that is Fleming's confession of how he lost his virginity, I just don't know, but regardless, the impression we are left with here, as Bond sits bored in Paris, is that Fleming himself is getting bored writing the character of James Bond. When a suitable woman finally catches Bond's eye, we find out that she's with the company. Her name is Marianne Russell, and she has been tasked with bringing Bond in. And while in the car on the way to the office, Russell too complains of Paris, and how sore her bottom is because of all the French men pinching it. And I'm just not enjoying this all that much. Once again, I couldn't help but feeling I am reading the author's opinions and theories, and not the characters. This scene sets up Bond's attraction to Russell, but I couldn't be less interested. Overall, the scenes in Paris I like the least in this story. We soon get a stronger scene here in the middle, as Bond is given the rundown by M on the mission. We get a spattering of political intrigue as we learn M's motivations for sending Bond is because he's trying to win points with Shape, who hasn't been all that cooperative with the 00 section for some time. Once again, like in Risico, sending Bond on a mission not for MI6, but for another secret agency. 
We see M complimenting Bond here to butter him up about sending him on this mission, but it does seem that M compliments Bond legitimately on his ability to see, quote, the invisible man, the factor in a case that will crack it wide open that most investigators don't see. All in all, the M scene here is a highlight. As we're seeing layers to the M character I haven't seen before, and I quite enjoyed the interaction between he and Bond. When Bond gets to Versailles, he goes over the same path the other investigators have already, and we are told that Bond is wasting his time. Instead of being there for two days like planned, knowing this is all a pointless exercise, he stretches out his investigation so he has more time to spend with Russell. And once again, I'm dissatisfied with the storytelling. Telling us Bond is once again bored with what is going on is not getting me involved in the story more. It's boring me as well. Fleming has Bond investigating a lot of dead ends to set up the big aha moment, the brain blast, his finding that invisible man that M set up in the earlier scene in the story. But getting to that, I found a bit taxing. When Bond does finally start to crack the case, the book finally picks up the momentum it had from the opening scene, albeit at a slower burn. Bond figures out the local gypsies aren't a band of gypsies at all, but they too are spies. So Bond sets a trap for them, taking the helm of the motorcycle in the place of the dispatcher the next time the intelligence has to be delivered. And in another thrilling scene, like at the beginning of the story, Bond kills the motorcycle assassin coming after him before he himself gets shot. From a View to a Kill is not all that good a read. As you can see, the movie took nothing but part of the title. There's no Jenny Flex, no Mayday, no Silicon Valley, certainly. There are some good scenes in From a View to a Kill, with some strong character moments from M, and not so much for Bond, in my opinion. Virginity confession aside, the extra info on his background is fine, but has nothing to do with the plot. I did enjoy Fleming's descriptions of the background and environments, as once again I was able to get vivid pictures in my mind. For example, the beautiful tree-lined road through the forest that the men ride their motorcycles on. A harmless read, from a view to a kill, is ultimately a fairly thin story, and you really don't need to spend time reading this one. So that about wraps it up for my reviews of Risico and From a View to a Kill. If you haven't already, please check out the archives at booksandnachos.com to hear my other reviews of the other short stories in Ian Fleming's For Your Eyes Only collection, and reviews of the full Bond novels that Stuart and I are doing. You can find all of that at booksandnachos.com. Next week, I will be reviewing the final short story in this collection, the titular story, for your eyes only. Thank you for listening. Books and Nachos will return. Thank you for listening to Books and Nachos. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can catch back episodes at our website, booksandnachos.com. The music for Books and Nachos is The Right Prescription by Chai Weapon, which can be downloaded at podsafeaudio.com. Books and Nachos is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved.